My name is Doug. If I haven't met you, I am so grateful for this family of people. This is a, such a special place and a special group, and I love my job. I do not take it for granted. I love getting to talk with you guys about God every single week, so thank you for showing up week in and week out, and thanks for bringing it. Thanks for showing up hungry and ready and expectant. Are you excited for church today? Okay, I love it. I am, I'm so fired up for this message. I knew, I just knew in my knower this week that I was supposed to preach on this topic. And so I, I wanna start with a quick question. Now this is rhetorical, unless you get so passionately fired up that you just yell, yes, that's me. Like you feel free, but all you introverts in here, breathe out, this is, this is rhetorical. How many people wish that you could go to Starbucks with God and sit down over an orange mocha frappuccino or whatever your drink of choice is and ask him all the questions you have about his plans for your future? So God, thank you for meeting me. I know you're busy. How's spirit? How's Jesus? How's, how's Gabriel, the whole gang, right? How are the streets of gold? Are they good? You guys good? You need anything? Hey, by the way, who should I marry? Hey, by the way, what job should I take? What's my calling? And while I have your attention, what is a calling, right? What university should I go to? Should I move across the country or, or stay here? God, I'm 23 years old. I still watch SpongeBob. How am I supposed to make these monumentally massive life decisions, right? Should we buy or should we sell? Should we, should we buy or should we rent? Is the market gonna crash? Is Austin in a bubble? Should I invest in Tesla stock? Probably to that, by the way. Should I break up with my girlfriend or my boyfriend or are we made to go the distance, baby? Are my kids supposed to go to private school or public school? Should I give to that or invest in that? I know, I know that you have plans for me. I know that they're good. Plans to give me a hope and a future. Like I've read the verse, I got the tattoo. But how, God, how do I know what those plans are? Am I talking to anybody right now? I wanna preach a very practical message today called Four Ways to Hear the Voice of God. Just in my pastoral meetings and lobby small talk and in my own time with the big man upstairs, I just feel in my gut like a lot of us could use this message. Four ways to hear the voice of God. So let's pray. Jesus, we love you so much. Thank you for a church to call home. Holy Spirit, I know you're here, but know as always how much we want you here. Very on purpose right now, we shut out distractions. We calm our minds and quiet our souls. Everybody just take a deep breath. Speak, Lord, we're listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, four ways to hear the voice of God. Oh, I'm excited. Okay, do you know those really, really annoying high-frequency sounds that they use to test how good your hearing is? Nobody panic, but we're about to conduct a little experiment to find out who has the best hearing at church today. We're going to play a little game. The only rule of the game is as soon as you hear it, raise your hand. That's it. Are we clear on the rule? 
and no cheating, okay? If you have horrible hearing like me, take heart. We're all still special. There's no prizes being given out for this, okay? If you hear something right now, it's not playing yet. That's a ringing in your ears, and you need to go get that checked after church. Okay, Tyler, go ahead. Seriously? Okay, now I, okay, there it is. Okay, you can stop it before we all go insane. Um, If you didn't hear anything, that means you're getting old, but not in spirit, baby, not in spirit. And for the record, I heard, I heard nothing until like the last half second of that. Um... Okay, so here's, here's my point. That sound was playing the entire time, even before people had their hands up, okay? Some of us heard it, some of us didn't, but that sound was there. And so here's, here's where we make this spiritual. God is always speaking. He's always speaking. The question is, can you hear him? Church, we have a God who speaks all the time. The question becomes, are you listening and can you hear him? So Chris Hodges has a quote. He says this, God doesn't have a speaking problem. We have a hearing problem. So in 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah, he's a prophet from the Old Testament. He is in a dire situation where he is absolutely desperate to hear the voice of God. He needs some guidance. So he does what all of us do when we're desperate to hear the voice of God. He climbs a mountain. He drives into hill country to the 360 overlook at sunset, right? Brings his moleskin diary and an acoustic guitar to play some Hillsong United and, and sits down with his feet hanging over the edge where he can see the city off in the distance, looks up into the heavens and says, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. This is human, right? James 5 says, Elijah, one of the golden boys of the Old Testament, Elijah was a man, a human being, just like you. I hope you find some encouragement in that. Elijah was desperate to hear the voice of God. So he's up on a mountain and we pick it up in 1 Kings 19 chapter or 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 11. Here we go. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was actually not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but God was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but still God wasn't in the fire. After the fire, though, came a gentle whisper, and it was in the whisper that Elijah heard the voice of God. The Hebrew word for whisper is the word demama. Somebody say demama. Now, that's not a mama joke. That's not a, okay, that's just the word, mama, And it means a gentle whisper or a still, small voice. So God clearly has an outdoor voice and knows how to use it, right? Let there be light. I'm sure he proclaimed that with his outdoor voice, but he oftentimes speaks to us in whispers. And Mark Batterson tells us why. When somebody speaks in a whisper, you have to get very, very close to hear. We lean toward a whisper, and that's what God wants. The goal of hearing the Heavenly Father's voice isn't just hearing his voice. It's actually intimacy with him. And that's why he speaks in a whisper. And don't miss this, because he wants us to be as close to him as divinely possible. He loves us, likes us that 
much. So really quick, I wanna throw a book recommendation your way if you're in a situation, anybody there right now where you're just, you need direction, you need guidance, you're desperate to hear the voice of God. This is a book called Whisper by Mark Batterson. And I just really, really believe you're gonna find a lot of guidance, a lot of help and a lot of comfort from reading this. So pick this up today, amazon.com, you know where to go. Quick recap, now seven minutes and 45 seconds in. So if you ever wonder why it's difficult sometimes to hear the voice of God, the answer is because he loves you and he wants you close. I'll do this to my my two-year-old all the time where I'll whisper to him and he'll kind of lean in because he can't hear and I'll whisper it again until he gets closer and then I grab him, gotcha. Was it a trick? Yes. Does that make me a bad dad? Absolutely not, okay? Hear me say to you that God has plans for your life. He really does. Your divine designer divinely designed you with a lot of dreams and visions in mind for you, okay? And if you're anything like me, what you'd appreciate is if he could just download all of those plans like in a colorful brochure with organized lists in order and all of that, right? If you're like me, you'd prefer that God show up in the hurricane or in the fire and use his outdoor voice to proclaim to you to marry that person, or take that job, or don't smoke that, or move there, or stay here. But God whispers. And in order to hear a whisper, you need to lean in. And the reason is because God knows something we tend to forget, and it's this right here. Hearing God is not the goal of hearing God. Follow me here. The process of prayer is going to change you in ways that answered prayers can't. The pursuit of hearing God's voice will grow you in ways that actually hearing the voice of God never could. God whispers with a still, small voice. Now, the main way he does that, by the way, is through scripture. So if you ever are, are picking up, if you think you're picking up on a divine signal from God, you're like, God, is, is that you? But it contradicts his word. One of those two things is wrong, and it's not this. If you pick up on a divine signal and you're wondering, God, is that you? And it doesn't, it doesn't line up with this, then that's not God. That's the pizza that you had for dinner last night, right? Our very, very unchanging God has been speaking for thousands of years and it's all recorded right here. So you cannot tell me that God doesn't speak to you if you have access to one of these. In fact, you need to leave here today with a new truth about God downloaded into your spirit. So somebody say, God wants to speak to me. God wants to speak to me. He absolutely does. He is always speaking. This is his word. And I want to give you today four languages. This is not an exhaustive list, but four languages that he uses to speak this word to you. Four ways to hear the voice of God. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Way number one, God speaks through people. God speaks through people. He speaks through people to us, and he speaks through us 
to people. Now, first of all, I believe God speaks the loudest through your life when you don't have to say a word, where the story you're living preaches everything about the message you already believe, where the things you do and the things you don't do speak volumes about who your God is to you, where you are more in love with people than you are with being prophetic, right? Because God God is going to speak prophetically through you to the people that you love. God speaks through people. So when it comes to hearing God through the people in your life, here's just a a really quick um, discernment tool. Three words. Consider the source. Consider the source, right? So Mark Batterson makes a point that when God, like God way more often speaks through friends than he does strangers. Now God will speak through anybody in the Old Testament, through a donkey, through a cloud, through a literal bush that is burning and on fire, okay? And he'll speak through strangers, but way more often than not, God will speak through friends and family because speaking truth in love is an earned right and the byproduct of relationship and wisdom. The stronger the relationship, the more weight those words carry. So Ryan, my brother right here, God speaks to me through him all the time because he cares about me, he knows me, he's for me. More importantly, he knows my stuff, he knows my blind spots, and he's not afraid to tell me what I don't want to hear. 11 years ago, God very clearly spoke to me through my college pastor, Bill Stevens, at a coffee outing one afternoon, okay? And Bill sat me down, and the very first thing he said to me was, I'm not gonna tiptoe around your feelings, I'm just gonna tell you how it is. And my first thought was, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. And he looked at me and very clearly said, he said, bro, you are a leader in this ministry. People are watching your life. And the way you're living your life and the things you're doing are just not godly. Like they're just not. He's given you influence and you are punting on that influence on first down, by the way. He has plans for your future and you're just straight up ignoring him. Like, come on, get your butt in gear. Let's go. And I walked out of that meeting so angry that day. I remember as a young Christian leaving that coffee shop, just like, oh, legalism. (laughs) Nobody go in that coffee shop. There's a legalist in there. Attention, God, we got a legalist down here. It's one of those moments where I really felt God impressed on my heart. Legalism, eh, try maturity. That's a better word, don't you think, than legalism? Try maturity, try wisdom, try being a leader. Newsflash, knucklehead, I've got plans for you. I'm trying to speak them to you through your pastor. If you're smart, you'll lean in and pay attention. He speaks through people. That's why I'm so grateful for the older generations in our church because God speaks through your wisdom. And you might be getting older in years, but the reason you're drawn to this church is because you have a very young and youthful spirit. And we need you here. Thank you for being here. God speaks through people. But how do you know if it's God? Or if it's the pizza? Or if it's their emotion or opinion? Or if it's the enemy? Because we all have friends who tell us what we want to hear. I mean, we never do that. We just, we have friends who do that, right? You might be paying a counselor a lot of money to tell you exactly what you want to hear. And when we hear the words false teacher in the Christian world, we immediately think, oh, the public figure 
preacher, just preaching to make a profit and purposefully leading people astray. And, and you know what? Probably, absolutely, unfortunately. But it's my, like I really believe the biggest source of false teachers in our day and age is well-meaning Christian friends who give bad advice based on emotions and stamp God's name on it. This is called playing the God card, and it happens all the time. So be very, very careful before you begin a sentence with God said. Like, if you start a sentence with God said, like, I really, really hope God said that. You know what I do a lot more now? I start sentences with, hey, I I really think God has nudged me to, I think, say this rather than just simply playing the God card so quickly, like Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that appears to be right. It appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to destruction. Just because it's said really, really well on Instagram doesn't mean it's true. False teaching is not gonna be stamped with a huge false teaching. It's going to sound correct, which is why knowing his word is going to help you to recognize his voice. Did you know people who find counterfeit money, they don't spend all their time memorizing all the different kinds of counterfeit money. There's way too much of it out there that would be impossible. They invest all of their time and energy to studying the real thing, so when the fake thing shows up, they know it immediately, right? God wants to speak through people. And just one really quick discernment tool before we move on. If it agrees with scripture and it's not what you want to hear, it's probably God. Not that he doesn't tell us what we want to hear all the time. I'm just saying if it agrees with scripture and is not what you want to hear, is probably, is probably God. Consider the source. Better yet, pick your source. Give friends and family members who you trust, who know you, who have proximity with God, permission to speak into your life because God speaks through people. Amen? Okay, number two, God speaks through our pain. And I know this is sensitive, and I don't always know why bad things happen. And I'm not going to pretend to. I can tell you with a lot of confidence that because of Jesus, your pain is not pointless. So listen to me. If, if the purpose of life is the pursuit of happiness, then pain is the ultimate enemy. But if the purpose of life is the pursuit of something beyond this life, a transcendent God who uses all things to draw us closer, then all of a sudden pain is your fast pass to him. Do not be too fixated on escaping the pain that you fail to get something from that pain. Because oftentimes the very situations we're trying to change are the exact situations that God is trying to use to change us. Pain is inevitable. Progress is optional. Refine you or define you. It is your decision which is why I just trust so much people who have bled in this life, people who have been through hell, who have suffered and yet have come out the other side stronger and better with brighter spirits, more in love with Jesus. To me, I'm like, that's one of the most powerful things that there is to see. On October 31st, 2003, Bethany Hamilton was a 13-year-old girl surfing with her friends off the coast of Kauai when a 14-foot tiger shark attacked her. She lost 60% of her blood 
and her left arm. Now, you don't, you don't have to agree with me on this. I believe with all my heart, God does not send sharks, physically, figuratively. Sometimes sharks just come. But I can tell you that God speaks very clearly through your pain. Bethany Hamilton listened. And now when she speaks, the world listens. She was quoted saying, I wouldn't change what happened to me. I heard that interview and I went, are you like, seriously? Like, yeah, seriously, I wouldn't change what happened to me because I never would have been able to embrace this many people with two arms. God speaks through our pain. And, I, and this is just really hard for Americans, man. It is. We love it in the movies. We hate it in real life. We are so, and I'm guilty, we are so about maximizing our, our, our comfort from memory foam all the way to the opioid epidemic. We hate pain and we want to escape it at all costs. Sometimes we even treat Christianity like it's our ticket to a pain-free life, right? No, we're, we're, we're Christians. We're victorious, we're winners, right? Like this is what the Jews wanted in their Messiah. Jesus, are, we gonna, are you gonna overthrow Rome? Like, are we doing this? Is this happening? And Jesus said, oh, make no mistake. I am the conquering lion, but I am also the suffering lamb. Resurrection, crucifixion. I am the ultimate victor who takes the seat of brokenness. And I will speak to you from that seat all the time if you're listening. In fact, it was C.S. Lewis who said, God whispers in our pleasures, but he actually, he actually shouts in our pain. And so if you're in here and you're going through a painful season, my goodness, listen to me right now. I am so, I am so sorry. And that is hard. And that is so real. And please know you are not alone. Not as alone as you think you are. Reach out for prayer. Join a group. Keep coming back and showing up. Keep praising him in your pain. And hear me tell you that never will it be easier to hear the voice of God than it is right now. I'm telling you, this valley that you're walking through will end. I promise you. All valleys do at some point. And if you listen for the voice of God now, you will be better and stronger, more in love with Jesus, with a brighter spirit when it does. Amen? God speaks in pain. God speaks through promptings. Number three. On Monday, February 24th, 1958, Time Magazine published an article called Mass Murder Trial of a teenage gang, where it pictured seven young gang members accused of killing Michael Farmer, a 15-year-old boy who was disabled by polio. So in the office of his country home, that following Saturday night, a man by the name of David Wilkerson was reading this article and looked at the faces of these boys in the article, and he was quoted saying there was one boy in particular, the boy he described as looking the angriest with the most hatred in his eyes, and David Wilkerson's response in that moment was to fall to the floor in his office on his knees and just cry uncontrollably for hours. Woke up the next day, and as a 62-year-old man moved his family to New York City to start a church in Times Square and start a nonprofit organization called Teen Challenge. All because God spoke to him through a prompting in the face of one teenage boy. 
God speaks through promptings, church. We learned this the week after Easter. So this is where I just, I really felt like we related with the disciples and the early church because after, like on Easter, I mean, it was Jesus just audibly proclaiming from the mountaintop or his empty tomb that he's victorious. Like when, if Jesus was here, you actually could go to Starbucks with him and ask him all these questions and hear an audible answer. But Jesus said to his disciples in that 40-day period before he ascended into heaven, he said, you want me to leave because until I leave, the Holy Spirit can't come. And the Holy Spirit is what you need. The Holy Spirit might not speak to you audibly, maybe sometimes, every once in a while, but by and large, for the most of us, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us in promptings. And I was trying to like poetically put some language to what I believe a prompting is, like maybe a flash of lightning in your spirit that leads to an almost immediate quickening in you to go and do something. And you just, you know that you know, I'll say it this way, when you know in your knower, right? It's like this, it's like when the Holy Spirit activates an intuition in your gut, a prompting, and I believe they happen all the time. It's not a rare thing. They'll happen all the time if you'll listen for them. A prompting is God setting you up. The only question is, will you respond to it? James 1.28, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says, right? Don't just listen to God's word but respond to it. So a prompting can be a burden for something. God can speak to you through what keeps you up at night. So maybe for you, that's like racial reconciliation. Maybe for you, that's sex trafficking and, and, and fighting slavery. Maybe for you, that's, that's young teenage girls who, who are pregnant and feel like nobody's in their corner. Maybe for you, that's lost people. I know 16 years ago, God spoke to Sean and Jill Johnson through a burden for reaching lost people, which prompted them to move to Denver, Colorado to start Red Rocks Church. It was through a prompting that Ananias went to pray for a terrorist named Saul who in that moment became the Apostle Paul, who wrote three quarters of the New Testament. It was a prompting that led Peter to go visit a man by the name of Cornelius and have a meeting with him, and in doing so, bridged the gap between the Jews and the Gentiles. Charles Spurgeon once said, when you feel the prompting from God, immediately drop what you're doing, even if what you're doing is important, and even if the prompting is simply just to sit and listen. Drop what you're doing and immediately respond. He said, for this is why you were born. I believe Mary, in the story of Mary and Martha, responded to a prompting to stop cooking and stop serving and, and sit at the feet of Jesus in the living room. She responded to a prompting, and Jesus said, Mary, you have chosen the one thing necessary in all the human existence. This is why you are here. Respond immediately. So when you feel a prompting to serve, don't think, just serve. When you feel a prompting to sit and live, Listen, don't think, don't pray about it. Sit and listen. When you feel a prompting to give, give. When you feel a prompting to repent, act on it immediately. And just to redeem that word, because I know nowadays it's a Christian cuss word, the word repent. That's not God wanting to slap your wrist. That's him extending a constant invitation daily as a Jesus follower to something better. Because you can't hear something new until you turn from something old. 
Respond immediately when you feel a prompting to confess something. Man, don't sit on that for a week. Or like, don't sit on that for 40 years. Immediately respond to it. Because I'll tell you, because of Easter, what we celebrated last week, your sin does not keep God from you. Jesus made sure of that. But your secret sin creates the shame that keeps you from God. Confession brings you close again. Confession makes you whole again. It heals you. Not sure who I'm talking to? Confession is the sleeping pill you're looking for. God speaks all the time through promptings. And number four, we'll finish right here. God speaks in proximity. And I think right here, it's like deep in my, my spirit that I really just want to make sure you get is that you do not have a God of confusion. I know a lot of us, a lot of you right now, you're sitting on the brink of like some crossroads trying to make what feels like huge life decisions and you feel like you're getting static from the Holy Spirit and you're just like, God, can you just, can you just speak audibly? I know you've done it for people. Can you just send like a dove to land on my shoulder and just, that dove can whisper in my ear. I don't care. Just tell me, tell me something, right? And you can be paralyzed thinking, am I hearing right? Am I gonna mess up your whole plan because I, I, I picked A instead of B and B was the right answer. And I mean, that's just, it's a weight. And what I wanted to make sure you knew today walking out of here is you do not have a God of confusion. Yes, he speaks in whispers, but listen, whispers are clear when you're close. Whispers are clear when you are close. So in 2017, I made uh, one of the toughest, maybe the toughest decision I've ever made in my entire life with my wife and with Ryan and Ethan and Steph, and it was the decision as to what city we should plant this church in. There were so many conversations and scouting trips to different places. And man, I remember, I remember just feeling so burdened and so heavy with that because I thought, God, this is, this is not just me. Like this is, this is gonna affect a lot of people. I have to make sure I hear you correctly on this. And if you know the story, uh, we were dead set on San Diego for obvious reasons. And then uh, it really kind of felt, I mean, I, God did not say, I mean, I think he was kind of nudging us away from San Diego and a few other cities popped up, including Austin. We came here and loved it, spent a week here and just felt at home, like these are our people, but this wasn't the plan and God, you're changing details on me. And I, for two months, man, for two months, I have never prayed more. <laughs> I have never fasted more than that. I, I've never cried more than that. We have a few campuses in Denver. I worked at uh, one in, in Lakewood, right, right outside of Denver. And I remember coming in late at night to the empty building and sitting in a, in, on the aisle, looking up at the rafters, just laying on my back, just like, God, you have to tell me. <laughs> Please just tell me because uh, I'll describe it this way. I felt crushed 
by a weight, but I've never felt closer to God in my entire life. Kind of, kind of that space you lean into where you're close enough not just to hear the voice of God, but to hear the heart of God. And I journaled the entire process. And by the way, I think this is one of the most practical, practical, easiest ways to hear the voice of God is to write your prayers and to write out your fears and to write the plans you think he has for you and write what you think he's trying to tell you. Look at 1 Chronicles 28, 19. All of this said David the Lord made me understand in what in writing by his hand upon me all the works of these plans so there was a Thursday night where that that's when in Denver we do our young adults ministry and I used to help run that and on that particular Thursday night I was the last one to leave the building and I I uh, I went out the back door, set the alarm like I always do and locked the back door and got in my car, just speak to me, God, I'm so tired. Please, for the love of you, talk to me right now, right? Got in my car, pulled out of the parking lot onto Harlem Street and took a left and felt a prompting where he said, turn around and go back to the parking lot because the front doors might be unlocked. Not audibly. This doesn't happen to me. This has maybe happened to me twice in my life, okay? Just in case you're like, God doesn't do that to me. No, he, he will if you listen. This has happened to me twice. But I thought, that's ridiculous. That's the pizza that I had just like three hours ago. I'm so exhausted, but then it happened again. Buddy, go back to the parking lot because the front doors might be unlocked. And I was so mad. I just like, I just like screeched like a, a U-turn and drove back into the parking lot, pulled up onto the sidewalk in front of the doors and stopped to like leave a mark on the sidewalk, just throwing a hissy fit with God. And I got out. I remember getting out of my car, walking up to those doors. I'm like, see God, they're locked. And I opened and they, they opened wide open. And that never happens. Our security team locks those things every single night. No idea what happened that particular night. The alarm started going off, and I, so I ran to, to turn it off. Had a 45-second sprint to beat the timer, and I'll be chasing that high for the rest of my life, right? <laughs> got those doors locked, got back in my car, and I cried the entire drive home. And here's why. Because that had nothing to do with doors. Nobody was breaking in that night. That only happens at this building. Okay? I'm not like, I don't need a medal for saving the day. Like, nothing was gonna happen. It was gonna be fine. That was God said, like, I, I realized in that, in that car ride, it was like God said, I, I was like, God, you spoke to me. And I heard that. Like, very clearly, I heard that. And it was like he said, yeah, buddy, you know the sound of my voice. My sheep know the sound of my voice. And whether it's a small thing or a big thing, my voice sounds the same. And then I really, like it was so clear. You, are, you have proximity to me right now. Trust your God instinct. And the next morning I woke up and I wrote this and this will be up on the screen, April 30th, 2017. For the past month, I've been desperate to hear from God. I've been praying and fasting a lot, all caps right there, because he's been doing something I never expected, rerouting us from the beach and into Longhorn country. And the more I pray about it, the more I like it. 
I know the sound of his voice. I'm close to him. Childlike faith is not childish. It's the kind of confidence this future church deserves. He's talking to me. I am trusting my God instinct. And then I wrote, we are planting a church in Austin, Texas. And there's been nothing but evidence. I'm looking out at evidence right now. And so, uh, man, I'll, I'll leave you with this one last discernment tool. And it's a quote from D3, the Mighty Ducks. Gordon Bombay, here's, here's a tip for playing hockey. He said, when you have the puck, he said, <laughs> he said, not too careless, but not too careful either. Not too careless, but not too careful either. I wouldn't tell you just at any moment to trust your God instinct. I've had a lot of coffees with a lot of people trying to discern the voice of God. What should I do, left or right? Where I've, I've very clearly kind of heard from God, tell them to trust their God instinct right now. And I've had a lot of moments where he said, do not tell them that. Like, yeah, we all got a God instinct. Make no mistake, you are a son, you are a daughter of a divine designer who, like, he wove that into your very being, okay? It just becomes activated when you have proximity to him. And there's a lot of moments where I, I just kind of discern, like a prompting, I'm not telling you to trust your God instinct right now because you do not have proximity to him right now. And, and you'll react based on emotions rather than being led by the Holy Spirit. So I'm telling you, get proximity with him and then trust your God instinct. He wants intimacy. You know how to do that. You know how to pray. You know how to spend time with him. You gotta stop buying into that narrative of uh, I'm just not, that's just not me. I don't really know how to pray. I don't really know how to read the Bible. I'm like Doug, Ryan and Ethan, they'll hear from God for me. Like you're, you only believe that, like that's a false narrative that you need to stop believing. This is for you. You know how to find proximity with God. The sheep know the sound of the shepherd's voice. You were made with this kind of intuition. So find closeness and intimacy and then church, trust your God instinct and just jump, not too careless. Find proximity and not too careful. Sometimes we can wait for years at a crossroads waiting to hear the audible voice of God because we are so paralyzed and terrified that we're somehow gonna mess up his plans for our life. Like God's testing us and leaving some kind of breadcrumbs up in heaven thinking, you better get this right or you're gonna ruin your life. <laughs> like that's not, notice in Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, for I know the plans. Notice the plurality of the word plans. I hear that and I go, maybe sometimes absolute, and I believe that was true about coming to Austin. God had a very clear plan and made it clear to us, okay? But oftentimes, like, he gives decisions and choices, man. Go left or go right, and then, like, I'll go with you. That's why he gives you passions and preferences and the ability to choose. You know what I mean? And that's so, like, you, you can make that decision 
Like, I'll say it this way. That's why I don't believe in the, the mythical one when you're looking for a person to marry. Sometimes, absolutely, maybe there's just that one person that comes along. Way more often than not, I feel like God says, just find somebody you can spend the rest of your life with, somebody who you love, and make a decision. You know why Sam is the one in my life? Because I picked her, and she picked me, and I'm not looking back. The pain is not in the decision. It's in the double-mindedness you experience after you made the decision, torturing yourself, wondering if you picked wrong. Let me tell you, your God is fantastic at redirecting. Just make a move. He just can't steer a parked car. You have to be moving for him to redirect you. And even if your path looks like this for your whole life, I'm telling you, he will get you where he wants you to be. He is so, so, so good at that. Not too careless, but not too careful. Find proximity with him and trust your God instinct, amen? Church, will you guys stand? I wanna finish like this. Maybe just eyes closed, holding your hands out like this in a receiving posture. If you just need guidance, if you need that proximity, if you need a prompting, if you need to hear the voice of God, I just, I wanna pray for you right now because I believe, I mean, I'm telling you, I know I was supposed to give this message, which means we are in a season and it starts today where for a lot of you, God is trying to speak to you. He does not have a speaking problem. We have a hearing problem. So calm, calm your minds, calm your spirits, take some deep breaths and get present. Jesus, we love you so much. Holy Spirit, I thank you for what a gift you are. I thank you that you whisper because you love us, you like us enough to want us close so that we lean in. I thank you, God, that the voice of, the, the goal of hearing from you is not hearing from you. It's the intimacy and it's the proximity. So in Jesus' name, right now, I pray for that. I pray you'd give us discernment to hear you speaking through the people in our lives, even when it's not what we want to hear. I pray, God, that you would preach boldly through our lives without us having to say a word. Jesus, I pray right now that you'd help, that you'd shout to us in our pain. God, let us know that these valleys, they don't last forever. We will walk out of whatever valley we're walking through right now. But in the meantime, your rod and your staff, they comfort us. Holy Spirit, you are with us every way, speaking so very clearly. Help us not to be so fixated on escaping pain that we fail to get something from this pain. And Jesus, I pray for more promptings. I believe you do it all the time, but more importantly, maybe I pray for the, the courage and the bravery to respond to those promptings, to drop whatever it is that we're doing as soon as you speak to us and make a move and take a step and serve and sit and give and confess and repent. And Jesus, I pray for proximity. My goodness, that's what we need more than anything is just proximity. So God, would you heighten our, our God awareness of you everywhere right now for people who are standing at a crossroads, not too careless, but not too careful. Would you lead them into closeness and intimacy? And then would you ignite that kingdom fire that is their God instinct in their gut that you divinely put there? Teach us that the sheep, that we know the sound of your voice, teach us to be confident in hearing from you. Jesus, we love you so much. Speak to us in this time. 
we're listening. In Jesus' name, amen.